Amen. Good evening. Good to see you here tonight. Yes, I've traded in my vocal cords for a bass voice. I've always wanted to be one. A lot of sick folks here. Not here. There. <laughs> sick folks out. And um, pray for each other, okay? There are several families, individuals, all kinds who are not well. And have some in my own family. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty fine. I don't know what's going on with the throat, but um, we're here. Amen? And uh, I'll try to be brief tonight as well. Um, there's some things we need to do after church. We're going to have a men's meeting tonight. And I was debating whether or not uh, we should do that, depending on how many people came or were here. But I think we have a good majority of the men uh, that need, for sure, that need to be here. So we're going to have that meeting tonight. We'll do that over in the fellowship hall, please. And so right after church, men, meet me over there, okay? Some things I need to talk with you about. And then also, after we're done, uh, by the way, turn to Acts chapter 16, all right? Acts chapter 16. After the message is over, um, for our prayer time, we're going to be talking about our Alaska Native ministry and the progress that we've made and what the next step is. And I want to show you uh, three uh, of the villages, the first three that we're going to be targeting. I did some um, research on them, got some information on them. I put it together. I want to share it with you so that we can start to have a more focused, targeted uh, approach when we pray. These are the three that we're targeting. Uh, these are where the packets are going. I want you to learn some things about these villages and the people in them so that we can pray more specifically. And like um, during our missions conference, remember Brother Lang said this, and it just it keeps sticking in my head, the truth that God's word is all that needs to be given. And like bees to honey, people that God is working in will be attracted to the word of God. And if God is doing something in their heart, uh, the Word of God being the supernatural book that it is will draw them. And so our approach is going to be to canvas and to sow all over the state and ask the Lord to um, bring about our contact, those that He is drawing, that He's working in. And, and so we need to systematically approach that so that we can do a good job with it. And so I'm going to show you some things tonight after the preaching service is over and the message tonight is the two things are, are applicable the two things are connected okay and so keep some of these principles in mind uh, as well once we start to look at some of those things after the preaching service okay so that's where we're going tonight and acts chapter 16 i want you to look at verse 9 and read down with me follow along as we read down through verse 15 and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. 
And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord had opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. I want to talk to you tonight about the cry of the helpless. The cry of the helpless in verse 9. And here's really where the whole thought comes from. There was a man who prayed saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Um, The context of this is really the the start of chapter 16 shows us what the context is. And the context of what we read in verses 9 through 15 really comes on the heels of, of the, the beginnings of Paul's second missionary journey. In the first verses of chapter 16, we find that Paul is establishing the churches that he had previously visited on his first missionary journey. And chapter 16 is the beginning of Paul's second missionary journey. And if you remember this, and I'll just I don't have to go back and read all of this, but you remember that Paul and Barnabas had gone back to Antioch and had spent quite a bit of time with their, their home church, their sending church in Antioch, and that's at the end of chapter 15. Well, you get down to verse 35, 36 of chapter 15, and it was time for Paul to go out again. And Paul and Barnabas, at that point, disagreed overtaking John Mark with them. And Paul didn't want to. Barnabas did, and that created contention between them so that they ended up splitting up as a team. And Paul decides to take Silas with him then on his second journey. And Paul and Silas set out to do uh, what Paul originally intended to do with Barnabas, and that was to go back to all the places that they had preached the gospel and establish those churches and encourage them and solidify them in the faith. That's why when you get down to verse 5 of chapter 16, the Bible says, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So Paul had taken Silas, and they went back and encouraged and established the churches, and they were growing. Now, now what we see is a kind of a change because what we begin to see is the Lord directing so that the gospel begins to move westward, all right? That wasn't Paul's initial thought at first. Look at verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And so Paul initially wanted to take the gospel eastward, but the Spirit of God said no. And what we find in verses 6 and 7 is that the doors were closed. God shut the door 
on that. They wanted to expand into Asia, but the Spirit of God said no. And so they experienced some, some closed doors. You know, God opens doors that no man can close, but God also closes doors. And it's up to us as His children, as a New Testament church, to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God, where the gospel needs to go. And certainly it needs to go to every creature. And we're given that command. So instead of Paul doing what he initially intended to do, which was still a good thing to preach the gospel, the Spirit of God was more specific. And instead, the Bible says they passed by Mysia and they came down to Troas in verse 8. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And here is where Paul begins to understand why the Lord had not allowed him to preach the gospel in Asia. There was a reason. God had something else in store. And here's where Paul begins to understand this. And here's where we pick up the narration in our text for tonight as we consider the cry of the helpless. And so I want us to look at these verses, verses 9 through 15. I'm just going to make three points tonight and we'll conclude. But prayerfully, they'll be encouraging uh, and challenging to you, though brief tonight, okay? Let's pray and then let's begin. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with your word here again tonight. Encourage us with it. We thank you for it. Thank you for the examples that you give us in the scriptures and help us to apply uh, these principles here tonight in our own life as we listen and then as we move from this place out into our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our families, Lord, that uh, we would seek to then be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice, first of all, in verse 9, that there was a needy call. Verse 9 says, A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Now it becomes clear to the Apostle Paul as to why the Holy Spirit had closed these other doors, even closed the door in his face. He was attempting to do this work, and the Spirit of God closed that door. And the Spirit of God wasn't long in, in revealing to the Apostle Paul why. And the reason why was because Macedonia needed the help that Paul and Silas, who were preachers of the gospel, were able to give them. The help that they needed was not physical help. The help they needed was spiritual help. And there were people that God had already been working in, that God was already drawing, that God was already dealing with, that the Apostle Paul needed to meet. And let me say to you tonight, by way of application, there's a needy call across mankind today. It's a nonverbal, universal cry of mankind that we need help. And I say that to you, uh, not, not uh, in jest, or I say it with all seriousness. Listen, what do we hear on TV? What do we hear uh, in ads and so on in our world? There's a constant plea for help in our world. You know, for just a dollar a day, if you give a dollar, you could help clothe and feed and give water to these needy people in whatever. And they have the pictures of the children, the poor starving kids, you know, come across the screen and so on to pull at the heartstrings. There's a cry for help, a plea for help. And listen, I'm all for helping 
the needy. And we ought to, because at times when the Lord allows that, we ought to because it might become an open door for the gospel. But may I say to you tonight, the best help that anybody could ever get is to be lifted out of a life of sin and hopelessness and despair. That's the best help anybody could ever have. But you know, you see the problems in our world today. There's a lot of neediness. I mean, people, people do have problems with depression and people have problems with addictions and people have problems with anger and people have problems with with suicidal thoughts and all of those things listen those are cries for help from the soul and the question is do we see that vision the bible tells us that paul saw a man who was saying, come help us. He saw the vision. And may I ask you tonight, do you hear the cry for help coming in some form or other from every part of society today? Do you hear it? Do you see the despair in people's lives? And understand that Listen, the Lord has put me here for such a time as this, and I possess the answer for their need uh, of their soul, and then I need to do something to help. I need to do something about it. The addictions, the depression, the anger, the suicide, those are all symptoms of the real heart problem. The answer Yes, we might be able to help in some way, shape, or form with the actual physical need, but the real answer is for the soul. The real answer is obviously Jesus Christ. And we say, oh yeah, we've heard that a million times, and we have, but what are we doing about it? What are you doing about it? Do we go about life unaware? unthinking of people as eternal souls that God allows across your path for a reason. Try to apply it here tonight, okay? These are not hypothetical questions. How do you live, church member? What's your daily thought process? Is it mostly unaware? Or is it mostly unthinking? Because we could be aware of the problem, but not really care. Do we see people as eternal souls that God has allowed to cross our path for a reason? You know what? Having that vision helps with a lot of different things in life. Sometimes even hard circumstances and trials of life. Sometimes the Lord allows things to happen just for the purpose of making your path cross with somebody else, for the purpose of planting the seeds of the gospel. Let me just give you a, a quick example. This summer I was trying to sell a truck. You saw it probably sitting out there. And it sat there for a while. It was about a month. And it's very trying at times, like, praying and asking the Lord to do this, and the Lord's not doing it. And for various reasons, whatever. Eventually it sold. That was great. 
But you know what I learned from that? At least two times in that process, people would come, they would want to test drive the truck. And I got into the truck and went with them on the test drive. And at least two times this happened where someone showed a lot of interest. They were like, okay, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to buy this. This looks really good. I want to think about it tomorrow, kind of a, or tonight, and maybe we'll decide tomorrow. That kind of a approach, which like, hey, that's super exciting. But as I'm driving down the road and we're talking and I, we, you know, exchange greetings and so on, the Spirit of God said, you've got a perfect opportunity to plant a seed of the gospel in the cab of this truck. And here I'm thinking about wanting to sell the truck. But in reality, the Lord wanted our meeting so that the seeds of the gospel could be planted in these people's lives. Neither of them ended up buying that truck. Even after all of the excitement about it, they ended up not doing it. And I just had the feeling and maybe the distinct impression from the Lord is, was that I've got this under control, but you just need to be surrendered and sensitive to what I'm trying to do. Having a vision that these people that come into contact, we come into contact with in our life, are eternal souls. And my purpose is to give the gospel of Christ, to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so any opportunity that comes my way, potentially, and could be, and should be an opportunity to plant the seed of the gospel. Even as I live my daily life. You never know what circumstance you might come up against that might just be God's opportunity for that person to have the gospel seeds planted in their life. But if we are unaware, if we don't have the, the vision, the mindset, well, we're going to miss it. But Paul saw the vision. He saw a man who said, come help us. There was a needy call. And the Apostle Paul was sensitive to the Spirit of God's leadership, and may we have this vision and hear that cry for help ourselves. The second thought is in verse 10. Look at verse 10. So as soon as that happened, verse 10, we, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Here we find that there was an immediate response. The moment that it was confirmed, they understood, and in verse 10 says, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us there. They knew it. And when they knew it, there was immediate obedience. They at once obeyed because they were sure that the Lord had called them to preach the gospel unto them. Paul and the gospel were so vividly, vitally rather, joined together like any open door to him meant an open door to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What am I, what am I saying? What do I mean by this? You know, when Paul, said, when Paul said, for me to live is Christ, 
You know that statement he made, for me to live is Christ? He wasn't stating some religious creed. He was, he was talking about an all-absorbing principle for his very existence of life. That's what he was talking about. In other words, he says, this is the whole reason I live and breathe. For me to live is Christ. The very reason I breathe air is to serve Christ. You know, friends, the reason that we have life is for the very same thing, very same cause, very same reason. The reason that we exist is to serve Christ, to be a witness for Jesus Christ, of the gospel of Christ, because all the things of this life are temporal. They're all going to burn up. They're all going to go away. You know, the new people that you meet become potentially an opportunity for the gospel if we see the vision. You know, the new guy on the job, the new hire on the job, it's potentially an opportunity for the gospel if we see him as an eternal soul. The new neighbor that comes into the neighborhood, potentially an opportunity for the gospel if we have the vision. Listen, when the Lord lays a person on your heart or there's opportunities that, o- that are open doors, we ought to, like the Apostle Paul, immediately endeavor to seek opportunity to give them the gospel, assuredly gathering that the reason our paths have crossed is because the Lord wants me to do something in their life. We ought to seek it that way. I know these are principles that they're hard to apply faithfully, consistently. But in our materialistic world, that's part of the reason why. Let us beware of being disobedient to our Father, to our call. Amen? We ought to have the mindset, like the Apostle Paul, immediately, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Well, look at verses 13 to 15, and what we find here is that there would be blessed results. In verse 13, the Bible tells us that on the Sabbath, they went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord had opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. What do you think Paul was talking about? He was talking about salvation. He was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that she was one who believed in God. She heard what was being said. The Bible tells us the Lord opened her heart and she obeyed and she attended to the things that Paul was talking about. Listen, it wasn't very long at all once once the Apostle Paul obeyed what the Spirit of God was telling him to do. It wasn't very long at all before he found those whose heart the Lord had opened. And this is what I'm wanting to get at here. You know, we've got potentially a wide open door in front of us. 
as we seek to plant the seeds of the gospel with the heart and mind that the Lord has called us to do this job, this work, it won't be very long before we come into contact with and find those whom the Lord has opened their hearts like bees to honey. In Paul's case, it might have been a spot by a riverside. It might have been a spot that was set aside as a public place of prayer. But it was there that Paul and Silas sat down and spake unto these people, and and specifically uh, Lydia spake unto her the wonderful words of life, and the Bible tells us that she got saved. What a great story that is. But it just reminds me that any place can be the best place for the seeds of the gospel to be planted. Any place. Even if it's at a gas pump. Any place can be the best place for the seeds of the gospel to be planted. And note here that the Lord was the one who opened up her heart, even though she was a worshiper of God. She may have believed in God, but now the Lord had opened her heart to receive the true message of salvation that was sent to her by the Lord through His servant. And I'm just so thankful that salvation belongs to the Lord. All we need to do is be ready to give the gospel. Whenever and wherever. And those that the Lord's those whom the Lord has opened up their hearts are going to respond. There's going to be blessing. There are going to be results when we're obedient to the call. We hear the cry of the helpless. And friends, we should use every means at our disposal to be able to give the life-saving message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. In your case, it could be Doors opening for you simply because you went and greeted your neighbor and you invited them over for a cookout and a barbecue. It could be a coworker that you want to take on a fishing trip. It could simply be buying somebody a cup of coffee. It could be standing at a person's door. It could be a packet that you put together that went to a native village that met the right person that the Lord has already been working in their life. Let us understand that our very existence is to be used of God to give the gospel to this hopeless world. There is a cry for help from the helpless. And let's not just understand this truth with our head, friends. Let it move us in our heart. And let's do what we can to help. Amen? Amen? Simple truth. But it's so relevant and applicable. The question is, it's not a problem with the message. It's not a problem with the principles. All the problems come right here to our own heart. What are we going to do with it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray that you'd just use these reminders here tonight that everywhere we go tomorrow is another opportunity 
Someone might put gas in their truck. Somebody might go to a grocery store. Might have a conversation with somebody in an aisle. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to have that kind of a vision. And like the Apostle Paul, for me to live as Christ, the reason I exist today is to serve the Lord somehow, to plant the seed of the gospel. Lord, would you use me today to do that? And then as the Spirit of God begins to lead, be quick to obey. And what joy we find, what satisfaction, fulfillment we find in our soul when we've been obedient to our Heavenly Father's call. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to help us as we move forward, taking the next steps in our evangelistic outreach amongst the native peoples of Alaska. And Lord, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We just need to take these steps today and begin to sow things down. And, and Lord, we'll trust that you are moving and working in some people's lives and it won't be long before we find those that you're dealing with. And Father, we pray for a harvest of souls. And Lord, as we look at these native villages here tonight and we begin uh, the process of doing the legwork and putting our hands to the work, Lord, I pray that we would not fail to be diligent in prayer even after the physical labor is done and we're waiting, Lord, to be praying. Lord, help us to have a vision. May the church see it, receive it, catch it, be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.